You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is... I, I, don't, I don't think I ever thought we would get here. This is Creative Quarantine, episode 30. I am your host, Audrey Brochet, and today we are talking to chef, author, uh, host, nerd, and as you will find out through this conversation, um, avid DIYer of his brand new home uh, out in the Midwest, Justin Warner. Uh, we had an incredible conversation. Honestly, I'm really excited for you to listen to it, but if you have not seen it, uh, it is definitely a visual experience. Uh, Justin takes us through a lot of the work he's doing at home, how he's keeping himself busy, but we did have also an incredibly, incredibly insightful talk about the restaurant industry, what it looks to be a restaurateur right now, and what does it look like moving forward for the experience of dining. So definitely check out this incredible conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. And guys, this is episode 30. Here we are. If there's anyone you'd love for us to interview, make sure that you're hitting us up online, on Twitter, uh, shooting us an email, because as we move forward, we're going to be shifting the dynamics of the show just a little bit. Um, We will not be every single day weekly, but we will be continuing as we start moving into what a lot of folks are considering our new normal. So stay tuned for more information. But also, as I said, I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, folks, we're going to get started a little bit early. Uh, Justin is on his way. As you know, you're watching Creative Quarantine, and today we have a very special guest, Chef Justin Warner, uh, who will be joining us in just a minute because, you know, technology, it happens. Uh, I did want to hop on a little bit early to thank you all for tuning in. This is our 30th show uh, somehow uh, we have made it thus far, uh, and I want to say a big special, special, special thanks uh, to the Broadway Podcast Network who picked us up very early in the beginning, um, and remind everyone that you can listen to every single one of those 30 episodes, minus the last three, because my audio producer uh, is still waiting for stuff from me right now. Um on everywhere that you listen to podcasts, but you can definitely go over to the Broadway Podcast Network uh, and check out not just Creative Quarantine, but all of the other amazing podcasts um, that they are working on right now. And they're pretty incredible. And I hear there are some surprises still coming down the pipe. Uh, but yes, you are watching Creative Quarantine. This is Friday, the 27th billionth. Um, I'm not going to lie. It is May 1st, uh, 2020, uh, May Day. And we're very, very, very excited um, for today's guest. I want to remind everyone who is watching that we will be taking live questions. Uh, all you have to do is type those into your comments, uh, wherever you are listening, whether it is Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and also make sure that you're going back and you're watching. If you love this episode or you've loved any other episode that you've watched, all of the other amazing conversations we've been having um, since March. Uh, it, it has been a very wild ride, starting off with Anthony Rapp and now going into uh, this 30th episode with Justin. And I think it is pretty incredible. Um, and I want to thank everyone who has tuned in thus far. Uh, so please be patient. Uh, we are going to be hopping on into our conversation very, very soon. It's also very weird because I just accidentally opened up my own YouTube and you are hearing me in the background because... Technology. Um, so, uh, again, if you have any questions, please make sure you're asking those questions in all of the chat boxes. Or if you have any suggestions of folks that you want us to interview, um, please let us know. Justin says he is in the chat room, but he might not be. Justin, are you sure you're in the chat room? technology guys it is it is the best thing let me tell you um give us one second i'll be right back all right i think we got this figured out justin warner what's going on how was life uh you know i know i'm not supposed to say like grand but i'm a solitary man you know i i like this confinement stuff it works for me life is good how about you? I am good. I am good. I am not as in solita- solitary. I am with family. So I got very lucky that I am isolating in a, a, a tribe, uh, which is good. good, which is good. 
but yeah, no, no, no. Uh, neither one of us are in uh, the place we love so much, New York. Uh, but we are, we are in fact doing things in places um, that suit the time. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm in South Dakota currently. Um, I actually, I don't know if we've chatted since. Yeah, I, I had the house <laughs> yeah. last New York Comic Con. Yeah. So yeah, I just bought a house. And today I, I moved the RV, my old house, into Hi. my new house, which is older. Yeah, look at the, the whole thing. I'm, I'm actually hanging out in it. I love it. Well, most people don't know, like, you, how long, for like a year? Did you like, yeah. go, it's a whole year you went around the country in an RV. Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, this tiny uh, space, there's the bedroom back there. And then that's the extent of it. Yeah, we, we lived in this little box on wheels. But um, I had it in storage for most of the winter. And I didn't realize how much I missed it just as a space. I don't know. It's weird how you can get attached to the memories of a space, you know. And this is now like, now it's my quarantine conference call office, I guess. Boom. There you go. You have a office on wheels. Yeah, why not? So how's everything going? How are how are you? I you have many many projects that you have been working on around the homestead, uh, keeping you busy. Yeah, you know it's weird. Um, you know I'm known for cooking, but um, lately my gal's been taking care of that uh, because I've been doing stuff like so where the RV is parked. Here I'll give you a little tour. Where the RV is parked in my backyard. There was a shed, or rather a garage. Oh, that shed. <laughs> some scale. Yeah, yeah. We called it the messy shed um, because it was uh, scary. It was really scary. And, like, I didn't even, like, like there was nothing wrong with it. I mean, there were spiders in it, but it was scary. So uh, I got permission from the Historical Society because apparently it had some historical relevance uh, to take it down. Uh, and they were like, it's a common problem. So I took it down in order to park the RV here. And then I've been working on, can I flip my camera? I can. You Repurposing can. the wood. So the wood, and that's this is the garage door originally. I sawed it in half, actually. Nice. You can get a sense of the scale of the garage. That's like the eve back there. This is definitely bigger than I thought it was from the pictures on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, it it was big. Like, pretty much everybody was like, you're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really big but um you know i was just like it has to be easier to take down than it was to put up right like you don't need an engineering degree and you don't need to make sure things are level to destroy something this is true so this is the rest of the wood pile you can see it goes all the way back to the practically my front yard got my bird feeders that's another thing that i've been really preoccupied with is monitoring the birds i don't know why but i've gotten really into ornithology i guess there, there we are yeah right so um to work on the these boards because I, they're gonna get repurposed i built this little table out of a door see it's a knob of, i mean i know you're that, a chef and everything but i really feel like there's a whole new there's a whole new career path for you head happening right now yeah, I guess. I don't know. So you saw, I, I don't know. It just came to me. You know, when I had my restaurant in New York, we built like my partners and I built a lot of it ourselves using reclaimed wood. But I didn't know that like the skills or the know-how like penetrated, you know, because like I didn't think about using reclaimed wood for anything because I had no wood. But then when I, had, I got the wood, it started like speaking to me, you know. So this is what the roofing boards look like. But then, check this out. Then we hit them with the stain and the sand. Ooh. And then they start looking all right, right? Right. Yeah. You brought new life into this wood. I, I guess so. I mean, I never thought I would ever be having this conversation or that I would say that, yeah, I'm the wood whisperer. But <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So that's essentially that and fermenting a bunch of stuff is what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Beer? Is that what you're saying over there? I'm sorry? Are you making your own beer or are you just fermenting? Uh, both. So, yeah, I have like a um, – I got these things, and you can actually still get them on Amazon, and they're a really good purchase. They're called Sour Crock, so like sauerkraut but with crocs. Mm -hmm. And they're specifically designed crocs for fermenting, and they work – 
like a charm. So if you like kimchi or if you like sauerkraut or you like, I don't know, yogurt, um, they work really, really well for that. And they're cheap. And it's, I don't know, like I realized that the birds and the fermentation projects were because I don't have any friends here. It's just my wife and my dog and I, um, it's, you know, it's someone to check in on. It's something to, to monitor progress and rest assured that even if everything else seems as though it's on the downhill, my, that fermentation sure is bubbling. And then you stare at it and speculate for a solid 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> uh. I'm not mad at it, though. That's like, that's a real thing, particularly when you are used to, I mean, let's think about it. You left New York, you, you, you had a restaurant, you had a show, you, you've done stuff. For Marvel, we we normally would be prepping for like Comic Con right now. Like you you have things to check on. Like even being a chef, you're checking on the food, and so it would make perfect sense to me that you're like, I need a thing just to be like, I've checked here today. Kimchi is great. Yeah. Let me go yeah. restore this wood. Like it it makes good sense. It seems like you're finding your new rhythm. Yeah, it's it's weird. I never I actually thought of myself as like a man of leisure, you know, and someone who chills exceptionally hard. I actually pitched my pitched myself to a company the other day and I was like, listen, I, I chill hard. So <laughs> so therefore you should hire me. Um, but I also then realized that uh, the chilling hard comes because I realized that I'm addicted to actually like working hard. And if I don't have any work or things to you know, flip out about or ideas for superhero recipes, then yeah, I got to find something else. And I didn't really know that about myself. So it's been a really weird time of uh, quasi self-discovery. I mean, and I think that's also like one of your superpowers is that you have this ability to stay calm when everyone else is kind of running around with their heads, like exploding. And when no one's head is exploding and the birds are like really the most chaotic thing happening i am sure that is a new adjustment oh yeah well i mean i flip out if i see a european starling they they absolutely bothered the heck out of me i tell you what you get one of those on a on a suet feeder and it's just like someone's robbing you you feel like you're getting mugged it's avian mugging (laughs) wait explain this to me are they just voracious eaters are they just gonna be like feeder hogs like what what is so one, they aren't that cute. They've got a real manic, mean kind of look to them. They got a long beak, and they're actually an invasive species. And some idiot got this wild hair idea back in the day that he wanted to introduce to Central Park every bird that was in ever in a Shakespearean play. And so the European starling was one of them. And they thrive by doing stuff like eating the hell out of my suet. So that's a cake of seed and beef fat. I know this is weird, but it's what woodpeckers like. And I got two woodpeckers around here that really enjoy it. Have they, you they go, this for the woodpeckers? Uh, no, but I, I can. I can. Um, <laughs> and maybe I should, but it seems, you know, I can get it in packs of 20 delivered from the hardware store. So, Understood. you know, they, they take all the, all the hassle of rendering beef kidney fat. You know, they, they save you that effort. <laughs> So anyway, those damn starlings come in here and they'll eat the hell out of it. And like I said, they're they're nasty. They eat other birds' eggs and stuff like that. Aww. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're jerks. And they got no business being here, you know? Go back home. This guy is actually pretty unique, though. I'm sorry, I'm nerding out. I but love it's this. A it's great. And these little seeds, I don't know if you can see, the little seeds pop out. And finches, finches love them. And this stuff is referred to as the caviar of bird seed, it's super small, but it's called Niger thistle, and it's like the it's like finch drugs. <laughs> You've gone from feeding people to feeding birds, and I'm kind of okay with it. I guess I am too. What have you been up to? Enough about my ramblings. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here talking to people every day, asking them how they're being creative, uh, and hearing about cool things like refurbishing meth sheds and using tables as, you know, using doors as tables. I mean, I'm living a life. Uh, oh, good. great. Yeah. Well, if you ever, um, are in this neck of the woods, man, we can, we can start some real DIY. This, I, I blew up my bathroom too downstairs. I got sick of it. They built this. You want to see it? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. Why not? 
All right, stand by. You have to go through the messy porch. Um, but I'll just keep the camera on me so you don't have to see it. Look, I'll show you some of the booze. Oh, this is great. Nice. So you can actually see, um, I don't know. Yeah, you can see that it's bubbling. Nice. So what I'm doing is fermenting. This was honey and jam because that's all that was available. Like we don't really have a ton of like super fresh fruit. So I did equal parts honey and jam and then filled it up with water. And uh, the idea is that I let the container sit out open for a few days. And then the wild yeast that live in my biome collect on there. And then they start going nuts and reproducing. And so basically once they're in a, uh, you can see it's bubbling there. That water keeps air from getting in there. So once they're in there, they're doing what they call anaerobic fermentation is in without the presence of oxygen. And so the idea is that they're, they're farting CO2 and they're peeing alcohol. I mean, isn't that what we all want to do, Justin? Isn't, isn't that just the dream? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Farting CO2 and peeing alcohol. All right. So let's... Saturday night in New York. Yeah. <laughs> This was a nightmare. So I'm in my basement right now. Um, so this floor was unfinished. And as you can see, there were like tons of unevenness and cracks. And it was like the dustiest spider heaven that there ever was. And so I had to figure out a way to get this like sealed so that it's like a moppable surface. Nice. And we did that. So it looks dirty now because it's a work zone. But in reality, it will clean. And then we did this wall. Um, it was originally just gross, but now we have this like nice little tiki theme kind of going on. Very nice. You got that over there. And then here's the, you can see the finished product in place of the wood. I've actually now waterproofed it. You see, it looks a lot darker down here. Let me get another light on. It looks a lot darker down here, like richer. But if you look, there's like a sheen to it. That's because I applied like boat waterproofing to it. So why so like, boat, now I'm curious why boat waterproof? I'm like I'm I'm fascinated that this is this is a whole new skill that I did not even know you had, Justin. This is amazing. Well, you know the internet's abundant, and so the idea is that um, I was like, all right, what what needs to be done in this house that will make me the most feel as though I've made the most like progress and i was like making this terrible bathroom into an amazingly luxurious bathroom and i was like all right well i'm broke what supplies do i have all that methy wood so then i was like well i'm going to make a wooden bathroom that doesn't make any sense because wood and water are generally not bfs yeah. so then i was like all right i'm googling wooden bathrooms and sure enough people have done it and they're like well you're gonna need to waterproof those boards and i'm like all right well how do i do that and then it all kind of clicked that like if you study like old boat making, you know, they had to make ships out of wood before they had metal. So somehow they and, had to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's actually like not high tech, you know, it's ancient BS it's technology. Tech. It, as yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, 1500s, <laughs> you know, I, I, so I was like, I think I can figure it out. So I did. And so, yeah, uh, this stuff is called spar urethane and it's basically just designed to, make water uh, repel off of wood. And you can see that, like, it's just, uh, I'm going split this. I just sprinkled some water on there. But you can see it just beads up, and you can wipe, wipe it right off. Nice. Tight, right? So, yeah, this is the, like, I knocked that wall out so that I could get light into here. I tore off all of the ceiling so that I could re so I could move this light because there's no heat down here. So this is actually a heat lamp. Mm. And then... I don't know, somehow I did the, all the electrical to code and then put everything on a dimmer switch so that when I, and this will be the real um, kicker. So in this space, which is where the washing machine was, I'm actually going to build a tub nice. that's like the size of like a washing machine that you sit in like a squat and it'll go up to your neck. And so then the idea is, there, here's the water source. So I'll make that, put that into like a nice little box so it looks like a little waterfall into this tub. But then the tub will then overflow and drain into the sink, which I will not be so messy. Ready for the finished product of this. This is, this is, it, I love the fact that you're like, look, man, I'm, I'm not cooking. I got all the time in the world. 
uh, I got a new house. Well, I got, I have, it's new to me house. I, yeah. I'm going to do this thing. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm super pumped about it. You want to see some jerry rigging, some real bad jerry rigging? Oh, yeah. This is, okay. yeah, absolutely. Because okay. so everyone's is, done it. Every, everyone's done this thing. Yeah, so this is a nightmare. So I just, I, like, I need to use the washer in between, uh, you know, like, I need to wash my, I need to keep the washer functional in order to wash my clothes so that I'm not, like, wearing the same construction clothes every day. So the washer, like I said, was in this space, and then this is the washer-dryer hookup, or the washer hot and cold water hookup. And then for some reason, the dryer was all the way over there. So it was also like a schlep, right? You had to take the... The water from the... Wow. Yeah. Well, the reason they did that is because they were too lazy. So they had it just draining into this floor drain. So, like, you had this pipe, this pipe, that would just snake around behind the footprint of the washer. And it was, like, easily the dumbest and most annoying thing I've ever seen. Actually, even worse, even worse. It didn't drain into the drain that is present there. It, it drained into the sink, the which, which is how I got the idea that, oh, maybe a bathtub could drain the sink. So anyway, I, my friend is a plumber. I haven't mastered the plumbing skills yet, but he is, um, is going that, to plumb this for me. Is that so, a garden hose? Yeah, yeah. It goes all the way <laughs> up and over. <laughs> and the, garden, the garden hose is like 100 feet long. So I just have it all tucked. And then, you know, we got to power this thing. But of course, the damn dryer is on 220. And this is on 110. So we got the extension cord going all the way up and over into the, you know, the the, the usual place you put an outlet in the yeah. ceiling. Always. What, what, don't, don't you put all of your outlets in the ceiling? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I, when I, in life, you know, it's, I, I like to think about life as like, hiking you know you want to leave the trail cleaner than you found it and then there are people that like to put outlets in the ceiling of the trail you Yo, know <laughs> one time when i lived in cleveland i had a refrigerator that resided in my living room and i don't know why to this day why they, they just didn't restructure the kitchen i i don't know right right i don't know this is another great thing why would you build a shower you have all of this space, all of this space where there is not a giant support beam. I know what they'll do. Let's just cut the shower so that it fits underneath the beam. What the hell? What were you thinking? Retro so this is coming out. And yeah, so this is coming out. And so the shower is actually the impetus for the entire project because this is a like a custom, like non-standard space, right? So it needs a non-standard shower. So they tried to jam a standard shower into this. So I got this thing called a shower pan. I actually just came via Amazon today, even though I know we should be protesting Amazon. But yeah, that came today. And so now I'm going to build a shower next, I guess. No, no big deal. Just going to build a shower and then... And then... No yeah, I don't know. The, like, my number one like rule, though, for DIY is that if I don't... If it's not, if I can't do it right, no matter the time commitment, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a bad decision. I'm going to just call a professional and be done with it. You know? Yeah. I feel like there's going to be like a whole other story of, of all of your brand new renovations in like 45 days. And I'm <laughs> yeah, it. when they all, when they all fail and I'm like in the weeds trying to like patch up my own stupid decisions. It, this is when it all went wrong. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, I got one last thing. I'm sorry, I just get excited about these things. You know, I haven't talked to Let's anyone. Let's do it. All right. So check this out. Um, this window is where the washing machine is that we just okay. saw. So I got this guy. Got him from Amazon, too. 55-gallon uh, drum. He was used. So the idea for this is he's going to live under my porch, which you can see back there. And the washing machine, we're going to use biodegradable, like Mrs. Meyer's soap. The washing machine is going to pump water into here. I'm going to plug these holes. I got the caps right there. Then I put this spigot on it, and I got these hoses that we're then going to run to the garden. So we'll wash or we'll water the plants with our washing machine gray water. Cool, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, did you ever eat at um, Havana Outpost in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, they they they're all of their plants and stuff are watered by gray water, so that's where I like got the idea. 
Nice. Yeah. This is amazing. I, I mean, I, and then you're going to cook the plants, and then it's going to be great. I mean, you know, I'm sure you'll grow something edible. Right? And the circle of life will continue, allegedly. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, man. You've, like, answered, like, half the questions. Of one, which is, what have you been up to? There we go. Um, you know, how, it, how, is, how have you been? How's the dog? How's the wife? How, how have we been holding up? What are we playing? Um, dog is good. Um, I need to switch to better light. Uh, dog is good. She, um, she's been fine. Like she's got a yard and now that we got the RV, she can like jump around in there and stuff. And it's, it's, she's just ha- having a good time. Wife is doing all right. We were a little stressed out, you know, when this all sort of started hitting the fan, we were in the middle of an alleged vacation in Oaxaca, Mexico. And, um, a great place, a great place to generally take a vacation. Oh, it was Aside from the fact that every day we were hit with uh, panic and fear, um, oddly enough, from our loved ones, you know, like people who trust me day in and day out to do stuff like rewire my house. But um, and you know, they obviously everybody meant well. But yeah. when we're when you're trying to chill hard and everyone's like the border's closed and like, well, we're not walking or driving, like we're flying and flights are still going. And yes, we might be delayed, but you know. It, and it, it seems it was a weird time to like say to yourself, well, I'm an American citizen, <laughs> but that's kind of what you end up saying when you're in that situation where you think maybe you're going to get stranded somewhere is you're just like, well, I'm an American citizen. The government is going to help me. And um, actually the embassy in Mexico was super cool about taking their answering whatever questions we had. And they were like, yeah, don't worry. Just get on the plane when the plane leaves. And that was it. So we were, she was pretty stressed out during that time. But other than that, man, we've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I don't know if you've heard about that game. I've, I've heard a little something, something about uh, uh, that game. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when life ceases to exist, it's very nice that you can have a virtual life that's far cuter. Um, so she's been doing a lot of that and helping me with some of these projects. You know, she, I feel bad for her. My name is, or, or her name is Brooke. But I'll, she'll be doing something cool and creative and stuff that she likes. And I'll just be like, honey, I need you to hold this. You know? <laughs> Isn't that what marriage is about, though? I guess so. You know, but it's, other than that, you know, we just kind of do our own things. And she'll maybe come out and help me. Or, like, you know, just listen to me cuss about stuff. Like nails or, I don't know. You know, whatever. In DIY, oh, really you know, there's always something stuff, to cuss. Man. That's yeah. some real, it's some real homestead. It's, it's a little it's a little different than I think a lot of folks are, are accustomed to seeing you um, do, but I, I kind of I love it. Well, thanks, pal. Um, what's going on in Marvel, man? I haven't, I, like, because of all of this, you know, my Marvel reading, I used to travel so much, and, like, my Marvel Unlimited and my Comixology account was, like, how I got through. And now I'm not traveling, so it's, like, I haven't read or done i have barely consumed any media you know what's going on in marvel you got any clues i mean i'm i'm watching a lot of disney plus i'm watching a lot of back marvel and reading a lot of back issues folks can get you know a lot of stuff on marvel unlimited even if they're not a member they can get a lot of stuff free right now uh right. so folks are just reading back and prepping for the stuff that was you know set to come out um i'm actually really excited for dr afra mm. the new reboot of dr well the new the new series of Dr. Afra. I wouldn't call it a reboot. Nothing's really, really been rebooted. It's just picking up after the last one ended. Um, so I'm actually really uh, excited about the Star Wars comic stuff that's coming through. Um, and a lot of stuff we can't talk about yet because it hasn't been announced yet, but some cool stuff. Tight. Um, that's exciting. Well, I'll get, trust me, I'll get brushed up by the time, you know, we have to. It'd be great. I mean, look, man, I think a lot of a lot of this is like the great unknown, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of comic book creators who are out there who had a really good conversation with David Benacourt yesterday, who is a cultural journalist from the Washington Post. She's like, a lot of artists out there are working on pitches. A lot of artists are still doing Kickstarters. Uh, Vida Ayala is doing a Kickstarter right now. It's about, uh, it involves necromancy and a high schooler. Look. Wow. Come on, man. Right. Yeah. What else could you want uh, besides zombies? 
Um, and that's it. People are just playing video games, man. I just finished The Last of Us yesterday. I'm both oh, excited nice. and relieved. Because um, that last... Have you ever... Did you play Last of Us? No, but I, I've I've seen the critical acclaim. And I understand. Like, it's one of those things that's like, I'll get there. You know, it's like Infinite Jest. Sure, someday. It, that's like me and like... Final Fantasy. People are like play Final Fantasy, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good over here. I get it. Let me kill some zombies. I'm good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I finally finished it. I'm both relieved because I was tired of losing, but also mm. sad because it's over. Right. You know, I I'm a chronic uh, video game unfinisher because I don't like feeling like something's over. I. Legend of Zelda, 300 hours. Beat it? Nah. Don't care to. Don't care to. Don't want, don't want the adventure to be over. Danica can just sit in the castle for the next 100 years. I don't care. But you know what? You know who you are. You know mm. who you are and what you like. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. You know, when you have this, you're presented with your own backlog of, you know, unfinished quests in life or in video games, you know, sooner or later, you just have to either finish the damn things or turn it into an attribute. And so now it's an attribute. Yeah. Oh man, he doesn't finish things because he doesn't want the journey to end. So that's actually <laughs> kind of how I feel about Spider-Man uh, for PS4. Everybody's like, if you finish the game, except for one DLC, just haven't done it. I haven't finished it. No way. I haven't even broken into the DLC yet. I got it, but I haven't even broken into it. I love the game. But every time I pick it up, I'm just like, I just like, and I pick it up like once a week, but I'm just like, Quest, don't, I'm Spider-Man. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, like, you know, what? Uh, so just, Peter Parker. Yeah. I just end up swinging around and like, you know, jumping on the street fights or chasing. I like solving the low level crime. I don't like, you know, save Kingpin for another hero, you know, yeah, Actually, I'm, Taskmaster, Taskmaster, not, not, I, I have no desire to super save. Go do you. Go do you. Yeah. I get it. Oh man! So what are you? So for you, like uh, you're out in, you know, the Midwest, a whole nother world from a lot of folks. Do you feel like it's been a little different out there? Like you feel like it's it's a different vibe, or you know? yeah, you know, it, not so much anymore. But maybe witnessing all of my friends in New York and seeing what was going on there, and we had nothing here. Um, see, it sucks, man. Like, you know, watching all these restaurants close and watching all my friends from restaurants, uh, you know, get unemployed and watching the city that I love that, that gave me probably, you know, the best in terms of most social metrics years of my life, um, change like that and, and really be having that, 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 that soul of New York just like flatlining was terrible and so then i i was i had this weird thing i call it thriver's guilt where like i made it back from mexico i had a whole bunch of cool souvenirs including mezcal our stores were still open but we had all of the information of what we needed to do to protect ourselves because of new york and so you know aside from masks and social distancing you know not a whole lot has really like changed here and we've had under 20 cases in the city I live in. Now the other side of South Dakota, they had an outbreak at the meat plant that was, you know, headline news a couple, maybe like last week or the week before, but even that got kind of like contained pretty quickly. And so it's, I don't know. You just, I just feel for everybody. And, you know, I've gotten so many texts from, you know, friends, celebrity chefs, whatever, being like, Oh, you're so smart to move out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, it wasn't smart, man. It was lucky, you know, and like, I don't know. I just have a lot of guilt right now, you know? Well, and it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like a lot of folks, I don't, I don't know if folks have noticed. I'm, I'm not in New York. I haven't been in New York in almost eight weeks. Um, and that's because, you know, my family was like, so you're coming in to stay with us. Cool. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's one of those things where you do have a little bit of guilt. There is a little bit of a shift, but also there's this idea of there's one less person that is increasing the population in New York so yeah. that New York can get where it needs to get faster. Um, and then when you contemplate these things like, you know, 
people were getting sick in November and December and January and no one realized what was happening. And it's just so, it's so very interesting, but also like the thing that I love about New York is that New Yorkers are like, but we're New York and we're going to keep pushing and we're going to keep thriving. And, you know, you know, I'm still paying my rent. I have, I have not stopped paying my rent. I have not stopped, you know, paying my New York taxes. I have not, I'm in a very blessed position to be able to do so because I know that New York needs it. And, you know, there's this weird, there's weird like dichotomy of that, right? Is that there's nothing you can do except for do exactly what we've been told to do, which is social distance, only essential workers, give people space, have PPE, right? Like that's just, that's it. And, 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 and it's so hard because I started off in the restaurant industry myself. Like my first job out of college was in the restaurant industry. I worked in the industry for seven years and you, and you know, more than I, I don't know what it looks like in the next 16, 18, two years, because New York was already, New York was already a monster with, with restaurants. Like New York was already, uh, I, I remember being told, this very early on living in New York that you could start eating at every single restaurant in New York with the intention of eating at every single restaurant in New York. And by the time you got through a year, you'd have to start all over again. It's literally impossible because of how many restaurants, how much turnover, how much shifting and how hard it is for some restaurants there. And, you know, what are you hearing on folks being able to hold out? Because that's that's the next story is like, can folks hold out? What will it look like? Yeah, I mean, so I can just speak from my, what would my experience have been with my restaurant? You know, we built my restaurant for $175,000. Um, we got a loan and we had $2,000 in operating cash when we opened day one, like, you tell anybody that if you told somebody that that was your budget in, in the Midwest, they would still think you were a suicide, but to do it in Brooklyn, that was like guaranteed death. So like we were always just scraping, just scraping by and we were on life support for, I'd say probably the last of the five years that we were open and five years in New York is like, it's massive. yeah, that's a pretty good run. You know, that's a pretty good run. Pretty much if you make it past that five-year mark, like, you're never going to go out of business. You're an institution unless something like this happens. And I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is, like, how do I explain this? Whether or not a restaurant was, like, just had the finances saved, you know, and that's, like, where I think every – even homeowners and the apartment dwellers is, like, if you have savings, you're going to use it now. But – I don't know a single restaurant that was on the caliber of mine or that was like DIY or like mom and pop. Like we weren't moms or pops, but we were kind of a mom and pop restaurant. And so if you don't have, you know, a million dollars easy in savings for a restaurant, if this thing doesn't, you know, like I would say middle of June, places are just going to start closing. Or if you don't have some agreement with a landlord or something like that, it's just not going to be feasible because you're just hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging and like a restaurant, hell you'll, you'll hemorrhage in, in August in New York, you'd think summer, you know? So unless you have a patio space, you know, or you're serving frosé, like you're not doing well in August. And even when I was working, not at my restaurant, but I worked at the modern in MoMA, you think, okay, it's in MoMA. So tourists, right. All summer long. The tourists, they want cafe food, you know, they they don't want a high-end meal. You're not going to spend $400 on a meal after seeing the MoMA because you're on vacation from Paris. So all of our business clientele that was in the Hamptons and stuff, you know, we were struggling and we'd come up with some new dumb thing every summer to try and figure out a way to like make summer lucrative and work. But then everybody would come back and you're busy again. And so that's, you know, restaurants are used to that sort of life cycle where guests or money or revenue will trickle in, but they're not accustomed to just shutting down, you know? And like, it's grim, man. I, I, I'm so fortunate to have gotten out of game. That's like another survivor's guilt sort of thing where I'm just like, Christ, my restaurant would have been dead a month ago. We just never had the fluidity to do that. You know? 
Which is interesting because we had this conversation with LZ, uh, LZ Granderson, um, about what it meant just on sporting events, right? Like mm-hmm. in in little places like Wimbledon or places, you know, or Sundance, right? And yeah. and all these other places that are restaurants that really do depend on these big festivals, they're kind of in the same situation with events and stuff. Um, but I think there's also been this interesting trend of seeing folks who don't have um, brick and mortar, right? This idea of folks who are chefs who are delivering foods or doing DIY. I know founding farmers here in New York is like, okay, we're still doing farm to table. We still have this stuff. We will prep all the stuff for you to go and cook, or we will put it all in a family meal for you, you know, to bring home to family. So I think there has still been kind of like this glimmer of light in places where people are innovatively, and not everyone has that, especially in New York because it's so dense. Um, I think DC has a much different situation where it is not as dense with restaurants as New York, but there are like there are ways like even Panera Bread which is a chain is thinking about how do we put family meals together that are already prepackaged and ready to, to, to pick up and go, you know, do you feel like this changes the, the innovation side? Is that model even sustainable, but also like at least there's a glimmer of hope that folks are, are trying their best to at least get out of the Grubhub cycle. Cause that's a whole nother monster. Of it. Don't get me started. Don't get oh. me started. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother rant and a whole nother show. Um, you know, I, I, it's, there's what I wish and what I think, you know, I wish everybody the best. Um, but part of the reason I was a career waiter was that, um, people love having somebody to order around. Right. And so I would always tell my mom, like, look, I'm making more money than you as a school teacher. I wear a suit to work every day and I know I'm just a waiter, but I got benefits and, ordering people around is never going to go out of style, right? Like it's no fun to tell a robot what to do. It doesn't feel like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's fun to tell somebody else what to do. So I don't know, man. Um, I I think that people, people that are, are innovating, I think you'll see some innovation come out of this, but I think that if we can ever return to the new nor or to the new normal, which I'm sure we will, I think things are going to come back and, and, you know, it's like the wax and wane of the caribou population, you know, restaurants will spring up and service will be back. And what I think you'll probably see, and this is actually, uh, I contributed this Grubhub seamless thing to the death of my restaurant because I refused to do to go when we were there because I said, I built this space and I built this ambiance and I have this playlist so that you can get the ultimate experience, you know, like, you're eating my fish and chips while watching Mari Povich on your, you know, couch you got from Goodwill. That's not the experience. That's not what I've crafted, which is a lot of hubris, you know, like I I should have been making money, not art, but, um, I I was dumb. I was in my twenties, you know, and if, if you're in your twenties and you're not making art instead of money, then you're probably doing it wrong. But anyway, what I think you'll see happen is that a lot of people are just going to stick to this because ultimately I think a lot of diners and I think a lot of people in business in general, a lot of the transactions of business, people want to avoid, you know? And so I think you're just going to see more of what we had and less of the interaction and the spatial aspects of it, of existing, right? Think about what Amazon, you know, has, has done to the local hardware store. You know, even I'm guilty of it. You know, I need a shower pan. I I need the one they had there and I can't go to the hardware store. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, like, I think you're just going to see a lot more stuff like this. And I don't know if that's moving forward, but I think it's, it's moving and it's probably the direction humanity wants to go because ultimately we're more comfortable in things like this. And we're not as, you know, if I spill my drink right now, like it's not on your couch, it's on mine. (laughs) <laughs> and we've all been there, right? You spill a drink in somebody else's house or couch. It's awkward. That feeling sucks. So I don't know. It's a really long and meandering answer for a pretty simple question. And I'm sorry about that. No, no worries. I mean, but I also think it is a very, it is a very valid question because I think that is now where we were. Cause it's different four weeks ago, right? So like when we started this 29 conversations ago, it was in March. Um, we, we are now, 
in May. And it was a very different vibe on this understanding of everyone, no matter how much they had decided we're in this for the long haul, still in their brains, we'd only really conceive long haul meant three weeks. Yeah. Four weeks, not seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve weeks. And so I think it is very much an interesting conversation to be had. Um, for you, like, I feel like, you know, I, we kind of talked about it, but what's kind of keeping you grounded in this this moment? Because, you know, we might be here for a second. Yeah. Uh, my wood, man. Like, just... Just... I don't know. I, that's a really difficult question. Maybe I'm not grounded. Maybe I'm unglued. Um, what I'm do you do? Yeah, I'm just like a worker bee. You know, I, I like to work hard and I like to relax. And I will find ways to do that no, no matter what. And I don't know. Like, when we were, you know, panicked in Mexico, uh, I was like, well, then we'll just live in Mexico. I'm just that kind of person where it's like, well, you know, I, I I don't know. When I was got on my first well first major show, Food Network Star, it was a reality show, and they locked you in a, an apartment with people you didn't know, and you had to sleep with bunk beds, and there were LED lights on the bunk beds that they would use to wake you up periodically, so that you were sleep deprived. You had no communication, no internet. We couldn't even have pens and pencils because if we communicated, they wanted to see it on camera. So it was like you know a month and a half of maybe even worse than jail because I I would do okay in solitary, but. People I don't know, you know like that, that gets a little weird. So I just realized, I said to myself, like, okay, cool. I'm a food monk now. Like, I will have no fun. I will simply make the food, and I will do my best. And now it's like, okay, I'm a wood monk now. Uh, I'm not going to go to a restaurant or socialize or, you know, see the people that I occasionally see. I'm going to work with my damn wood. I'm a wood monk. This is the way it is. And, like... I don't know. What's flipping out about it going to do me? It's not going to make a new bath. You know, it's not going to make a shower. It's not going to get the RV in the backyard. You know? I don't know. There's shit to be done. That's it. I like it, though. But, but I also think that is that is keeping grounded, right? That is keeping... That's the thing. That's the thing that you're keeping grounded. It's the thing you're finding joy in. It's the thing that's keeping your schedule together. Man, I, I support new bathrooms and RV offices. I am I am a hundred percent a fan. As long as there's also like beer and wine involved in all of it, I feel like it's oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's healthy, right? Yeah, I didn't show you Daddy Three Taps. Daddy Three Taps is my kegerator. He's uh You ha- what is a kegerator? What? Oh, all right, you ready? Oh I'm so ready for this. I learned so much today. Okay, so kegerator is a refrigerator oh. that holds kegs and all sorts of other fermented stuff. This is all my sauerkrauts and kimchi and stuff. But yeah, anyway, then you got Daddy Three Taps here. Is it, you know, it's I everything the, that I, I thought it would be. Yeah, so it's just free-flowing. So, I don't know, we did the math and I went through a, a keg of Coors Light while I was doing a lot of this work. I did the math and I depleted it in less than a month. <laughs> Which for one human being, like, that's a significant feat. On average, we did the math. On average, I was consuming six 16 ounce beers a day. Not even 12s. 12s in a bottle. You need, you you know, need carbs. You need carbs. You're you're building things. Right. And that's what I I look at it as. So one, there's less waste from kegs, right? Because kegs they take them back to the factory and refill them. So I'm not throwing out cans or bottles. So I'm alleviating the stress on our required sanitation workers. Then, like it. Right. Also think about this. The kegs come to me and they're already made. Like they've been in a warehouse for, you know, sometimes six, eight months. So I'm not putting any more stress on like supermarket workers or, uh, you know, on the, the food chain itself. So, you know, I just look at it as like a intoxicating pasta dispenser, you know? I like it. That's it. If it shot spaghetti that got me drunk, people wouldn't judge. Right? No one would judge spaghetti. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If I was drinking a half gallon of spaghetti a day, yeah, maybe that'd be a problem. <sighs> I am so glad we did this. This is this was the perfect 
Um, literally the perfect 30th episode. I am also glad you have projects. This makes Thank me you. feel better about my friend in the middle of America is that he is keeping busy. Well, I'm glad you've got this because I honestly feel better than when I answered. So I, it would seem that you're doing a service, not just providing entertainment to, to people and to allegedly, you know, the world, but yeah. you're... You're making me feel better, so thanks. You know what? That is a perfect way to end today. For those who are just getting um, acquainted with you, uh, can you let them know where to follow you? And if there's anything they should be looking out for coming from you, because when we first, when, when this all first started, you still had stuff coming out, but I, I know you also have like a couple announcements and stuff that might be coming down the pipe. It's true. Um, and I specifically, I like emailed today to be like, can I announce the thing on the thing today? And they were like, no, you no. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, I've got things happening and good Marvel things happening. Um, and if you want a, a taste, pun intended, of what I do for Marvel, um, I, just Google Justin Warner, Angelique Rocher, uh, Captain Marvel, and you'll see a video of a cool little salad that we made. But, yeah, anyway, I do a show called Eat the Universe with Marvel. It's Marvel's cooking show, for lack of a better description. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and some gaming uh, things as Eat Fellow Humans. Unfortunately, they don't allow commas in any of the screen names. Um, but it is my wish that you all consume and continue not, to do so. Not Eat Humans. Eat no, no. Not you would have that as a, a screen name. Yeah. Good response. <laughs> Please have an amazing, amazing, amazing Friday. Um, I will see you on the interwebs. Likewise, partner. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it and can't wait to see you. All right. Miss you. See you, pal. Creative Quarantine is hosted by Angelique Rocher. It's produced by Angelique Rocher, Sarah Storm, and Matt Storm. Our logo is designed by Aaron Leffler. New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on AngeliqueRocher.com forward slash creative quarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at creativequeteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.